The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. My name is Adrian Benjamins and I'm joined by Coach. And this episode is brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Get some delicious coffee from Hawaii. Head over to HawaiianIsles.com and Amazon and taste the Kona difference. Coach, how are you doing today on this lovely Friday morning? Actually, how is it where you're at right now? It's a little gloomy and uh, where I am. Yo, Adrian, how are you, my man? It is actually a toasty, like 90-some degrees already in in uh, beautiful Dallas, Texas today, and it's supposed to be near 100, so we are in full summer roast mode, that's for sure. <laughs> nice, nice, love it. I'm, I'm actually headed... Uh, camping next week uh kind of outside of the yosemite area and it's supposed to be really nice but in the evenings coach it's like in the 30s and or low 40s so i'm not looking forward to sleeping in a tent in like 30 degree weather that is not going to be fun but uh i'm just kind of excited to to, uh, get out of town for a little bit though it's going to be nice little break man that sounds awesome man don't forget your uh grizzly bear repellent you know what i hey you know it is so funny that you just said that coach because uh i've never been to this campsite that i'm going to and when i saw pictures of the site they have these big giant metal boxes where we're supposed to keep our food because if you leave food out bears are going to come into the campsite and coach that freaked me out, man. I'm not used to, uh, you know, I'm more used to the glamping. Like, I usually camp on beaches where uh, you don't need to worry about bears, man. So um, I'm a little freaked out about the whole bear thing. And it's kind of funny you mentioned uh, repellent because I was actually looking to buy some bear spray. I don't even know. I've got a, uh, a tip for you. Wrap yourself in bacon and peanut butter <laughs> and, and you'll be perfectly fine, man. They won't bother you at all. <laughs> You know, what's what's funny is my wife and my kids, they love to uh, munch. They're like late night snackers. And I have to remind them, do not bring food into your tent because a bear's going to wake you up. Coach, I could talk. We should like everyone's like, wait a minute. I tuned in here to hear hoops. So let's talk hoops because I could talk to you about camping. I could probably do a whole show with you about talking about camping. But coach. What's on tap for today? We just had the NBA draft last night. I know you got a lot of thoughts, so we got to talk some NBA draft, and then we're going to touch on the Toronto Raptors. That is our team for the week. Um, It's not going to be too difficult to talk about the Raptors either because the ex-champs, I mean the ex-champs, the current champs, the uh, strange Kawhi situation happening there. So want to get your thoughts there. But before we do that, Coach, what were your thoughts on the NBA draft last night? I thought maybe we can do pick by pick, talk about the guys that we think could be relevant for fantasy, maybe even look at t- uh, teams as well as if you think that's relevant. What did you think of the draft? Well, it was exciting. I mean, I look forward to that every year. I think it uh, tells a lot of, about the direction of a franchise, you know, because it – 
they're either setting themselves up to free cap space, uh, hence the you know crazy move with uh, the Suns, for example, trading T.J. Warren and a draft pick to uh, Indiana for for literally nothing. But uh, <laughs> and I think they paid them to do it to take it. So it's funny how a lot of the these you know it's just a matter of of working the cap and figuring out exactly. You know how you have to position your team for free agency so you know it's amazing because the draft always has you know one or two superstars and then a handful of guys usually that are going to be really solid nba players and then the rest generally are are g league and and just sort of uh bounce around and end up in europe but uh i'll tell you i was i think there's a lot of picks yesterday that are going to have impacts uh, on their teams. I think some of them will be instant impact uh, that I think you can really look at helping your your fantasy teams for next year. And then you're going to have some two-way players and some projects that I think, uh, you know, you can look at for next year or the following year. But it's a good time to get your arms around all these guys because it's funny how some of them will disappear for a while, you know, in the G League or Maybe they'll play a year over in Europe and then come back. But, you know, to keep these guys, you know, in the front of your mind, because it happens all the time where these guys bounce around and then they jump into the league and then they have an impact. So it, it was fun. It was I, I was really blown away by Zion and how humble he was and uh, what, an, what a good character guy he seems to be, along with, uh, you know, LeBron kind of skills. So. I think that's going to be fantastic for the NBA, uh, you know, to see his stardom. I hopefully, you know, he stays healthy and does well because uh, he seems like a terrific young man. You know, let's start with Zion. I'm glad you started there. And you know what? I think it's funny that you mentioned his character because, Coach, I feel like one of the themes for last night's draft, is this – normal for drafts or is was last night's draft a little unusual where i have not seen so many guys cry i thought like that was the theme of the draft was like tears and um but i gotta admit man it was great to see zion crying up there you know talking about um his mom and everything you hear about zion is character wise he is on point and outstanding um you know um all of the um all of the scouting stuff was he's unselfish he doesn't mind doing the little things and uh man coach uh i am so excited about zion man i've been on this guy since he was in high school and um he really reminds me a lot of lebron james uh even his game reminds me a lot of LeBron James. Um, can do everything. The one question mark I think we might have on Zion is what kind of a jump shooter is he going to be? How is he, can he shoot threes? Is that, and you know, coach, when LeBron was coming into the NBA out of high school, we were asking the same questions. You know, Zion can pass. He can, ha he's got handles, which is outstanding for his size. We know he can dunk. I mean, I've, there was a highlight reel on ESPN coach where they were showing every dunk he had for Duke. And it was like, it was like five minutes long of just him dunking outstanding. Um, he's a good defender, can block shots. I think he's going to get steals, can do 
everything. Uh, I'm so excited for this kid, Coach. It's uh, And the Pelicans getting him at number one right as they lose Anthony Davis. Coach, the Pelicans have a really nice squad now. What do you think about it? Well, I'll tell you, you know, we, we talked about it on the show when it first happened, and I said, watch, man, this guy is great. David Griffin, who was hired as the general manager to come in and, and sort of figure this all out during the Anthony Davis saga, I mean, he he just, just done an incredible job to move Davis and get all the assets that he did. And he's got a bunch of picks, you know, first-round picks coming up as well in future drafts. And then he builds a team of young players around Zion. I mean, you know, they are going to be an exciting team to watch. And within a year or two, year and a half, two years, uh, I think they'll be a contending team if they fill in some of those pieces. But no, I agree. You know, the, there was a lot of emotion last night. It was uh, good to see some young men that, that were very appreciative. And it, it was a different – usually there's, you know, a lot of these agents and such get into some of these young men's heads early on and they get cocky and, you know, they're just it, – it's a little hard to take. But, but uh, this group, you know, the R.J. Hunters and several of them, they just seemed like genuine – appreciative guys that, that were going to come in and, and, and have an impact on the league. So I think it was really good, good night for the NBA. The one thing the NBA has to change immediately though, is it was absolute mayhem. This, this ridiculous rule that you can't uh, announce trades. There are no trades before the July 1st, uh, you know, signing for free agents and trades to be done. So everybody was making trades with everybody and none of them were being announced. So you had a team picking for a team that traded the pick to another team. So you never know what the heck was going on. And then they interviewed Silver, and he's like, well, technically those, none of those trades are valid. You know, I, I don't want to be naive that they're going on. I mean, seriously, man. I mean, and then all of a sudden in the second round, they started announcing the trades. Well, I thought they weren't allowed to announce the trades until July 1. So I think they need to just reshuffle when free agency begins and when the trades can open up to align with the draft so that the draft can have some semblance of, you know, reasonability. I mean, it was just total mayhem trying to figure out who was picking for whom. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, coach, I wanted to ask you from a fantasy standpoint, what do you think about Zion? You know, I, I heard um, on Twitter, I think there's already been a few mocks that have gone, some industry mocks, where he's gone as uh, early as round three. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned earlier, I see a, a really strong comparison to LeBron. I think his numbers are going to be really similar to LeBron's. Maybe uh, his rookie year, not exact LeBron numbers, but I just mean the skill set, how he's going to give you some rebounds, some light assists, the scoring's definitely going to be there, right? He should be the number one alpha on this uh, Pelicans team. Uh, there should be no problem with his role, with him getting good minutes, so the scoring should be there. Um, the defensive stats should be there. That's why I'm saying I'm picturing a um, numbers kind of like a poor man's LeBron, just like a, like similar to what LeBron does. So where, like if you were doing a draft today, would you be willing to take Zion in the third round, maybe even higher later? What are your thoughts on 
where he should go for fantasy. It's a little early, I know, but today, if you were drafting, where would you take Zion? Here's the thing, and and this will be, you know, when this is a good work place to start as we're going through the draft a bit here, but it this will all clear up in the next ten days because the whole free agency piece is going to have a massive effect on all of these guys. So even as high up as Zion, because if uh, the Pelicans hang on to Drew Holiday and maybe a Julius Randle and some of these other guys that are they possibly could move, then Zion, to me, his usage will go down a little bit because he'll defer to some of these veterans. And then, you know, I, I would say at that point, if they do keep all all of their players, he's probably more of like a, a fourth or fifth round uh, spot. Now, if Randall leaves, which he's almost definitely going to, uh, and, you know, Holiday or a couple of the other veterans go, you know, I would take him early third round without a, without a, a second thought because his usage is going to be there. It's they didn't get Kuzma in the deal, who would have been you know real ball dependent, but Ingram still hasn't really pushed to All Star status. Lonzo, we still haven't seen him. So it you know they could be literally feeding him the ball, and he could be the main piece. So I would say before you you know the final ranking of where you want to take him, uh, you got to see what happens in the next ten days of free agency. But he's he's a really valid pick, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with you. Coach, let's uh, keep moving down the list here and just hit up some key guys. Of course, we got to hit up the top three, so we got to move over to Ja Morant. Uh, the Grizzlies, earlier, they uh, moved Mike Conley to Utah, kind of clearing the way for the Ja Morant era to begin there in Memphis. Um, Coach, I love this kid. It reminds me a lot of De'Aaron Fox. I know physically uh, the De'Aaron Fox comp is almost right on. Like their uh, numbers wise um, physically are almost dead on. Um, I've heard uh, physical wise, you know, he's got that explosiveness kind of similar to a Russell Westbrook uh, plays above the rim. Coach, what I love about this kid is he's a good passer. Not only is can he get buckets, but he knows how to pass, which, um, you know, Coach, I think that's so important, man. I kind of hate it sometimes when you put a guy in charge to run your team and all he's looking to do is score. you got to get your teammates involved, and Jaw can do that. Uh, only question marks I have on this kid, Coach, is – how good is his jumper? I know we saw games when he was at Murray State where he did shoot it good, but I'm not sure if he shot it consistently. Uh, NBA is a whole new, uh, it's a whole new level. So that's my question on him. How good is his jumper going to be? Coach, from a fantasy standpoint, I think he could have issues with turnovers if you're playing in a nine-category league. I think the field goal percentage could be an issue because, like I said, I'm not sure how good his jumper is going to be, although he does like to go to the rim, so that could help. Coach, want to get your thoughts on John Morant, the fit with the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, Coach, outstanding. They lose Marcus Gasol. They lose Mike Conley. You get JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr., and now you have John, John Morant. What a reload for the Grizzlies just a year after you lose the, your your um, old core, I mean, not even a year, because Mike Conley literally just left it days ago. So uh, it is outstanding how the Grizzlies were able to reload here. What are your thoughts, Coach? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think uh, Jaws a terrific talent. I think he's he's going to be uh, 
a star point guard in this league. I think, you know, it, it obviously will take a, a season or so, but, uh, you know, it's very similar to De'Aaron Fox in, in the speed. I think you'll find, believe it or not, that his uh, assist to turnover ratio is going to be better than most rookies. I know he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, and with that comes some turnovers, but he's an extraordinary passer, not just a, a good passer, and he delivers the ball with the right hand, the left hand, sees the floor. Uh, I think he's going to be an outstanding player in the league, and I thought that was a, a phenomenal uh, rebuild on the move for the Grizzlies to go from the old grindhouse, slow-it-down teams to now uh, putting a, a, a team out there that, that may go from – they've been the 30th in pace in the league for like 12 straight years, and now they'll probably be in the top 10 in speed uh, of pace of play – <clears throat> with the with the people they've added. So um, I think he's a terrific guy and, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of, certainly one of the rookies that I'm targeting for my fantasy leagues. Hey, what, lastly, one of the things I love about John Morant, Coach, and I think you're going you're gonna to agree with me on this, is he was kind of born from adversity, kind of came from so, – you know you have these guys, these blue-chip recruits that – from when they're kids to college, they're so highly ranked. They're kind of handed everything. They kind of uh, have this expectation that um, that everything is theirs. They deserve like all that they're getting. John Morant is the opposite coach. He was not a high prospect going into last year. In fact, he wasn't even really on the radar. Um, no big colleges recruited him. Um, so I love that this kid kind of came out of the ashes to rise up to the top of the draft board. It really lets you know that he's a fighter. He's, you know, I'm going to give you an example, Coach. Uh, a while back, Cavs picked Anthony Bennett at pick number one. This was a guy who was always a real uh, high prospect. Everything was handed to him. The moment he faced any adversity he backed off and couldn't handle it. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's considered one of the biggest busts, not even in the NBA anymore. John Morant is the opposite of that, man. He was born from adversity. He, um, and so because of that coach, I feel like um, he's really going to make it in the NBA because uh, I feel like mentally he's super strong. He can't be stopped. I, Oh, I do agree with you, coach. Um, as a general rule, I feel like the point guard position is the hardest, toughest position to learn in the NBA. So, Coach, any point guard that comes, young point guard that comes in the NBA, I give them a leash, man. Sometimes it takes a season or two or even longer to figure it out. Now, we have seen exceptions. Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, those guys came in right away and looked the part right away. But, Coach, I never freak out if a guy struggles in the start because the point guard position at the NBA level is so difficult. What are your thoughts on that, Coach? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, with any rookie point guard, especially the way that, you know, he's replacing a, uh, a legend in, in Conley for the Grizzlies. I mean, that's a tough spot to, to put a young man in that's 18, 19 years old. So, you know, again, like I say, I, I think everything points to the sky with him. I think that he's going to be fantastic. Um, will it take a, a year or so? Probably, you know, at least a full season to get his legs under him. But I think he'll, he'll be, uh, 
I think he'll be solid right off the bat. I, I mean, not not a guy to, to have to be afraid to take, I think, in the first, uh, you know, earlier in your draft if you need a point guard. Not your starter, but maybe your second guy. Uh, I think you, you could roll the dice with that. And then I agree with everything you said. I think, you know, and it leads us to our next guy, R.J. Barrett. I like R.J. Barrett. Wonderful young man. But I think he is exactly what you talked about. He has been the number one ranked player in Canada. His dad's best friends with Steve Nash. Steve Nash is literally his godfather. He's always been on that pedestal. In fact, you know, people don't realize this, but I mean, he took way more shots than Zion and Duke this year. He actually led Duke in scoring over Zion. People mm-hmm. don't realize that either, but a lot of it was the volume shooting. So, he seems to be more of, you know, my concern with him is, is he a little soft? Is he willing to put in the work like some of these other guys? You know, he he shot in the 60s uh, from the foul line this year. That's that, you know, a, a guy like to me, like Jaw or somebody would stay in that gym until midnight every night shooting 500 free throws until he gets that percentage up. And I don't know if Barrett has that edge. So that's a guy that I'm rooting for. I like the young man, but I think it plays into exactly what you said. I think that you're going to see a question to see where Barrett fits in. Now, could he develop in the, in the switch turn? Absolutely. But I'm a little bit more wary, and I can see why he slipped from two to three, uh, you know, just based on, on that. I mean, what do you think uh, about RJ? Yeah, I like RJ. You know, I love, first of all, you're right on when you said how a lot of people don't realize RJ actually led uh, the Duke team in scoring. And, you know, Coach, another interesting thing, the beginning of the college season, RJ was actually ranked the number one prospect ahead of Zion Williamson. So a lot of people don't even realize before that Duke season started, RJ was the number one player on the board. So I really like him, Coach. I agree with you on your worries about him. Um, I don't think the whole... Uh, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that backs off from adversity. From what I hear, he's also a good character guy, a guy who works really hard, even though, as you said, he, you know, has been on this pedestal. So I think he's going to be one of these guys that have been on the pedestal, but will also back it up with the talent and the work ethic. And coach, you know, I think that's the key, right? Like we've seen really talented guys not make it into the NBA. It's the combination of talent and work ethic that makes you succeed. Like Kobe Bryant, man, you hear stories about how he was the first one in the gym, 5 a.m., working, and this is after he already made it, you know? So those are the kind of guys with that mentality, that Mamba mentality. Now, I don't know if R.J. Barrett has the Mamba mentality, but I do think, from what I'm hearing, he's got the work ethic. Coach, I like his game. I think he's got a good all-around game. I really do hope he fixes free throw shooting because that's definitely not great. But, um... I like R.J. Barrett, Coach. From a fantasy standpoint, though, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm backing off of him from a little bit, only because you got that normal learning curve that rookies need to go through. Coach, the Knicks were a mess last year for fantasy. Um, They could not agree on a rotation, on a lineup. Now, you have to think they're going to feed R.J. Barrett, right? He's their 
he's like the new face of the franchise, their third pick, uh, overall pick in this draft. You have to think they're going to turn R.J. Barrett loose. But, Coach, I don't know, man. I saw weird stuff from the Knicks this year. That combined with, as I said, the whole learning curve thing, um, maybe some inefficiency issues from Barrett. I'm kind of backing off of him from fantasy. Yeah, he's not a do-not-draft guy. I'll still take him, but I'm just saying I'm not going to reach for him or take him too early. What are your thoughts there? Coach? I agree completely, man. I think that he is a risk. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners, especially the Knicks uh, hoop ballers out there, you know, are, are going to be down about that because he is so highly regarded and he does have immense skills. There's no question. But there's just an intangible you can see in a young man as far as and it's uncoachable. I mean, it's who they are. It's their DNA. And you can just, it, it exudes from people like Zion and Ja. And there's other guys and tons of these guys that were picked in this draft that, you know, it's questionable. And again, you know, it's not something that you can just flip on and off. And I'll, I'll go back to, you know, it's going to sound like dropping names and everything else. But I'll tell you, this was years and years ago, but the... When when uh, Kobe was going into his senior year at Lower Marion in Philadelphia, I, I, I think I've shared this story with you. Uh, my team had been coming off a state championship, and so I was an assistant coach on the AEU squad and got to travel for about six weeks with Kobe and the other All-Stars from Pennsylvania. And he was treated like a superstar back then. I mean, everybody was all over him. But guess what? I'm not joking. First guy in the gym. Last mm -hmm. guy out. And if any of the players on that team, and these were other guys that were averaging, I mean, they were stars on their high school teams. If they were loafing at all or didn't die for a ball, he was up in their grill. I mean, he, uh, people were like, who is this guy? Well, you know what? <laughs> he is a champion, and you could see it back in those days. And, again, that's just an, an intangible you can't coach. So, you know, I've seen these guys through the years, and, you know, the ones that set themselves apart. And I, I just hope the R.J. Barrett's and some of these other guys that slipped, the Cam Reddishes and, you know, uh, uh, probably 10 names in here. If, if they can at least figure it out a little bit, how to really, you know, go after it and, and separate themselves as a champion, it's going to be a big difference. But, uh, you know, I, I want to mention, I'll jump in because I know we're, we're dragging behind like crazy already on, on talking about all these guys but i want to mention uh the atlanta hawks because they're they had uh this next pick uh that they traded up to get and i just the fact that they were able to get deandre hunter who's one of my favorite players in this draft i think he is a defensive stopper three and d guy fantastic uh competitor and teammate and you can tell that he's he's going to get the job done and they added him and Cam Reddish, who, again, you know, if he toughens up as far as from a physicality standpoint, he could be an all-star in this league. And then even their third pick that they added, Bruno Fernando from Maryland, he's a center for uh, Maryland, he, I think he's going to play in the league and be competitive. So, you know, the fact that they were able to add all those guys and with the young core that they have with, with – uh, you know, Trey and, and uh, Collins and Herter. I mean, man, what a! I would like to be a Hawks fan for sure. I think they're going to be fun to watch. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Coach, well, let's let's keep going down the line a little bit. Of course, you know, we're not, we're not going to take as long on these other guys as we are as we did with the top three. You mentioned DeAndre Hunter. Love that. Love that fit for the Hawks. Uh, man, the Hawks, man. Future is bright for you Hawks fans with uh, Trey Young and John Collins. And, man, now adding these young guys. What oh man, it's just outstanding. They're gonna be really fun to watch. Coach Darius Garland goes to number five at Cleveland. Um, coach, from what I heard, this guy was actually at the beginning of the year the number one ranked point guard um coming into the college season last year. Only played five games for Vanderbilt due to an injury. So we didn't get to see a lot of him. But, Coach, I hear that this guy is the real deal. Uh, I hear him get compared to guys like Damian Lillard, one of the best shooters in the draft. So uh, that right there, you, we know if you can shoot right away, you got some value in this modern NBA. So, Coach, um, I was Cleveland Cavaliers at the very – when I saw it go down, I thought it was kind of odd. But then I heard that, that Darius Garland wants to be in Cleveland – Worked out there, had a good workout there. I think he's got a good uh, relationship with one of, with one of their coaches. I forget his name, and I'm kicking myself for for forgetting his name. So looks like a good fit here, Darius Garland and Cleveland. And coach, fantasy wise, I actually like this. Um, you know, again, I point guards take a while to learn defensively. You know, he's he's a little small, so he could be a liability there, but. For fantasy, I do like Darius Garland. Of course, not as your number one, maybe not even your number two point guard, but later in the rounds when you're drafting your number three point guard, I might take a look at this guy. What do you think? What are your thoughts on uh, Darius Garland? Well, I'm ecstatic because I'm one of the biggest John Beeline fans in the world, the Michigan coach uh, who I've known for 30 years. We, uh, we went to coaches' clinics together years ago when he was at Lemoyne. I worked his camps a couple of years uh, when he was up that way. And, you know, he moved through the ranks <clears throat> to Michigan, and now he's got his first NBA gig. And I know Beeline and how he thinks. He loves shooters. He likes to surround uh, the three-point line and get after it. And, you know, a lot of the guys he's put through Michigan have turned out to be good shooters in the NBA. And I think Beeline is going to do a fantastic job for the Cavs. I think that was the best hire that they've made in years. It's going to take him a two or three year rebuild period, but he took three guards in this draft that are potential starters in the NBA. Garland being possibly uh, a all-star caliber point guard. I mean, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal shooter, uh, possibly the best guard in this draft period. Uh, definitely point guard wise. Uh, I've, have a, I like him better than <clears throat> Kobe White uh, myself, but, you know, and then they also were able to get uh, a kid from Belmont, Dylan Windler, who's a tremendous scorer, uh, forward that that's just a three-point dead-eye, beautiful shot, and then really the steal of the draft. They had the last pick of the first round, and they got Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, from USC, and he had had some sketchy things off the court, that, you know, caused him, he should have been a top 10 or 12 player pick. I mean, he's, I can't imagine I'm, when they put in the Sexton and Porter and Garland and all these guys out there, they are going to be an explosive team 
uh, and a great start for a rebuild for, for Beeline. So that was one of the biggest stories I wanted to talk about is I knew Beeline would come in here with a plan. He made some moves and trades uh, to get the guys that he wanted. And uh, man, does he have some darn good guards. He also has Clarkson still there. So they've got about a five guard rotation that all those guys are capable of scoring 20 points a game. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch uh, the Cavs. And I, I'm, I'm excited for them that, uh, you know, they're going to be relevant again. Yeah, you know, they, they also have Colin Sexton there. And I'm really hoping uh, that Sexton can scoot over to that two spot so Garland can start next to him at the one. Uh, you know, Sexton. Really yeah, are. and and you know Sexton is primarily a scorer, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. Where I know you know Garland's kind of your prototypical point guard is a good passer as well, so I think that that's going to work out pretty good. Uh, Coach, I'm really glad you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. I agree with you that this could be the steal of the draft that pick thirty. Um, you know, talent wise, physical wise. He's up there with the top prospects in this draft. I think him falling, as you mentioned, Coach, it's kind of a character. Uh, some teams questioning his character. Another guy who fell was Nazir Little. I thought that was really uh, crazy that he fell to Portland at 25. Him and Kevin Porter Jr., I thought, could possibly, we could, two or three, four years from now, we could look back at this draft and say, whoa, how did those two guys go 30 and 25. Uh, Coach, uh, let's get back onto our list. Number six, the Suns trade the pick six to the Wolves. The Timberwolves take Jared Culver. Coach, I was really surprised because we know that the Suns are kind of in desperate need for a point guard. Kobe White was still on the board. Hey, Maybe their guy was Garland, and Garland was gone, so they just decided to move this pick. I don't know. But, Coach, Jared Culver, I like the kid. Uh, had an outstanding season at Texas Tech. Um, good scorer, good all-around guy, too, right? Plays defense. Um, I think this is a good a – good, um, this him landing on the Timberwolves, I think this is a really good fit is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts here on the Jared Culver? I think he's a terrific player. He's a great defender, uh, really solid player. I, I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm high on him, not as high as I am on DeAndre Hunter. I think DeAndre Hunter's going to be a star. I, I think Culver is going to be a really good uh, player in this league. I think he'll get good minutes uh, early on with the T-Wolves coming off the bench. So certainly a guy to keep an eye on. And, you know, I think the Suns, um, there were a couple of things. I think you're right. I think maybe they were looking at, at Garland. And also they had their eyes, uh, you know, the, on some other players because they, they felt that they could get uh, the guy that they wanted later in the draft, uh, which ended up being Ty Jerome, the starting point guard from Virginia that led them to a national champion uh, championship last year with the 24th pick. So, they were able to fill in a need there. Plus, there's a lot of rumors that they're, uh, you know, really going after uh, free agent, uh, uh, you know, really going after free agent pickups. But Minnesota, Culver, I think solid. I think the Bulls with that next pick taking Kobe White, sort of, you know, if you have Chris Dunn on your fantasy keeper team, you got to be a little worried about that because I don't think they like him very much and Kobe's 
probably going to get a chance to win that job pretty fast. Uh, and, and certainly everybody's high on Kobe. Do you like, do you like him as well? Yeah, I do. And, you know, uh, Coach, one of my best friends, uh, Frank Leva, is a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. He lives on the Bulls board. I guess he was saying there was some mixed reaction on the Bulls board on the Kobe White pick. I think it's perfect. Uh, Coach Kobe White, you know, he's more of a combo guard, not really a pure point guard. But I think that could actually work out well for the Bulls because the way they play their offense is... A number of guys can bring the ball up the court, not just the point guard. And I think also that's maybe why Dunn kind of fell off this year. Um, but, Coach, I agree with you, man. I am very concerned um, for Dunn. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think they really believe in him anymore, which is why they drafted Kobe White. I like Kobe White. Coach, one of the things I do love about him, too, has really shown improvement throughout the season i love when you see guys work and improve it lets you know that like hey this isn't their ceiling what we're seeing they could be better than what we've seen and i think kobe white is one of those guys i think it's a good fit for the bulls we know they needed some guard help as well um coach this bulls team i feel like we do a whole show just talking about the bulls I'm excited, man. Wendell Carter Jr., Lori Markinen, you got Zach Levine there. Uh, I'm really excited for this Bulls team. I think it's going to be fun to watch, man. Yeah. Junior, I mean, he's yeah. there. Yeah, the Bulls, I think, are, are uh, and I like their coach. He's a fiery guy, and, you know, controversial sometimes, but he, uh, he gets those guys going, and I think they're, uh, I think they'll fade Dunn out or trade him. I think Kobe, with his wheels, are going to move that team up and down the floor. And, you know, they're an up-and-coming team. I like their rebuild for sure. Speaking of rebuild, uh, let's jump to Jackson Hayes, the next pick from the Pelicans. I thought that was a very smart pick as well. I mean, he is, again, I don't, he's not going to come in and, and start at center, in my opinion. I, I just don't see – I don't think he's ready. He's very, very raw. But <clears throat> he's very similar to – a lot of the other Texas uh, centers that have been drafted lately, like Jared Allen with the Nets, uh, you know, it's going to take a year or so to develop them. But considering the Pelicans will be definitely the youngest team in the league, uh, I think that that's a great gamble. He could be a very similar kind of guy as a Clint Capella, uh, you know, run the floor, great finishes, jump out of the building, you know, block shots. But, you know, he's going to need a little bit of time, um, you know, Great for keeper leagues. You know, not a guy that I'm going to have, believe it or not, on my radar, uh, even though a lot of people are already slotting him in, you know, starting alongside Zion. But you know, I would give the guy a year, I think, to develop, and then I think he's going to be really solid. I agree with you 100%, Coach. And, you know, I think, again, this is like a blessing for him to land on the Pelicans team because, Coach, he doesn't – he can take time to develop. There's not going to be a lot of pressure on him to produce right away. I mean, you got Zion, you got Ingram, you got uh, Ball. So there's going to be other guys, Drew Holiday. There's going to be other guys handling the scoring load. They need him to rebound. They need him to protect the rim. That's what this team's kind of missing right now is like um, your prototypical center. Like, I think right now they have Okafor, Jahil Okafor. Yeah, uh, he'll probably be their starter. Yeah, he, they right, right. So, I mean, literally, Coach, this guy can sit under the rim 
and do what he does, rebound, block shots. If he scores, great, but no, it's not like when they need a bucket in crunch time, they're going to be throwing the ball down to him, get, making him pressure to get a bucket. That's not going to be the case here, so I think this was a really good fit, him landing with the Pelicans. Uh, a lot of people say this is the best center in the draft, first center taken off the board here at pick eight, so um, I love this pick, and uh, really, and man, Coach, Pelicans, right? You lose Anthony Davis, and doesn't even feel like a rebuild. It was just more like reloading for them with uh, you know them getting all the young talent talent from the Lakers, adding Zion, one of the biggest prospects in recent memory, probably since LeBron or Anthony Davis. I mean, Coach, the Pelicans are right back in the mix. Uh, they could be in the hunt for the playoffs, no doubt. What an outstanding They have a bunch of extra first-round picks, two or three of them coming up. I mean, what a great re – when, when they won that draft lottery, it was literally like winning the lottery. I mean, that – and David Griffin's such a good maestro of running a team. They're going to be – they could be a top team in the West in two years from now for like a 10-year period if they're able to, you know, max out and keep all their young guys. It's uh, it's really amazing. Who would, have, who would have ever believed that a month ago, you know? It's just nuts. I can already tell when the Pelicans are on league pass, I'm going to tune in. Coach, I'm going to tune in. So right away, man, excitement in New Orleans. The fans, Coach, did you see the footage of the fans when Zion uh, was at the draft last night? The place was going nuts in New Orleans. So, so great for them. How, how Outstanding, man. Coach, we got more guys to talk about. We're already 40 minutes in. We got to get to the Raptors. But, Coach, I want it. You know, we are going to have some more downtime here um, during the summer. So, I want to take a look at some more of these prospects. You know, there are guys that I'm excited about. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Grant Williams. There's guys I want to talk to you about. We don't have time. We got to go over to the Raptors. So, I just want to let you guys know. Um, I want to talk more about the draft. You know, we got Summer League as well. I know you're planning to go to Summer League. I got my fingers crossed I can meet you down there. So, Coach, you and I, we got a lot more to talk about, about these young incoming rookies and prospects. But any closing thoughts on the draft, Coach, before we move over to the Toronto Raptors? Absolutely. I think what we'll do is for our listeners, so you know, uh, you know, next week uh, we're going to probably do a Sunday night show. Because that's the end of uh, the free agent period. Isn't that correct? Is that when you're traveling? Uh, yeah. I, well, I'm leaving actually tomorrow, and uh, which which will be Saturday, and I'm coming back actually really late Thursday night. So I'll actually be here. I'm hoping I can be on that show. Yeah, that would be great. And don't forget the bacon and peanut butter. But anyway, <laughs> so hopefully Sunday night we can go over a free agent one, and then. Uh, the following week, I think we have, uh, will be, I think we'll actually be there for the summer league. So that'll be, we can do some major coverage and then maybe the wrap up after summer league, I think. I, and again, we can talk about this a little bit in production, but we, we can go team by team and look at who all they picked up between the draft and free agency. And then that, that will be really the most meat and yes. a couple of shows of the year. So. Anyway, I know we're running long, so a couple things I want to mention on the draft, and then we'll, we'll move forward from there. But <clears throat> a couple of guys I thought, you know, just I, were worth a mention. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, 
the kid from uh, Grant Williams from Tennessee. He went 22nd to the Celtics. I think he's can be like a P.J. Tucker kind of guy. I think he'll fit in with the gritty guys, uh, some of those guys with the Celtics like Marcus Smart. I thought he was a great pickup. You know, Nazir Little falling to 25 to Portland is just like hitting the lottery for that guy because even though he went late, he gets to, you know, fit in right away, I think, with, with uh, that backcourt there. Uh, so that'll be fantastic. And, uh, you know, just really the, the overall balance of the guys uh, that were picked. There were some great second-round picks, I think, that can make teams. You know, Carson Edwards from Purdue, the point guard, you know, also going to Boston. You know, who knows? He may fight in there with uh, Terry Rozier to, for the Boston job. And, you know, and we can talk about some of these other guys later as well. But all in all, I think there are several teams that really help themselves. And keep an eye out, too. There's a lot of guys that have already signed two-way contracts with teams uh, that you want to keep an eye out for fantasy as well. All right, man, let's jump Let's jump over to the, the Raptors. We the-, the Raptors. So our assignment, you know, each week we get a team that we're assigned. This week it was the Raptors. Coach, I feel like we're kids. We put off doing our assignment because we wanted to play. We wanted to talk about the draft. Like, we could just spend all show, all morning talking about the draft and playing. But now we got to get to our homework assignment, which was the Toronto Raptors. But, yeah. Coach, it's not all bad. I, I much rather talk about the Raptors than a lot of other teams because, Coach, we're talking about the champs, the Toronto Raptors. Um, what an outstanding year. What an outstanding season they had. Um, Kawhi, we know about Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I think going into this offseason, that's the biggest question, right, Coach? What is Kawhi Leonard going to do? There's two sides of the coin, right? Um, they're a title they just won a title. He's going to stay, right? You don't leave the championship team. Other side of the coin is he won a title. He doesn't owe Toronto anything. He wants, you know, he said before the trade, he wants to be in L.A., in California. So two sides there. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on the Kawhi Leonard situation in Toronto in general. I love this team, Coach. I really love, you know, uh, the theme for the NBA the past decade has been super teams, has been superstars pairing up. Coach, I feel like this team was the opposite. They were a total team from Lowry to Danny Green to Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka. This was a total team effort, and I love seeing that. Now, Coach, you could put an asterisk on this saying, hey, if the Warriors were 100% healthy, maybe Toronto didn't win that title. But, Coach, yeah, I agree with you. That's baloney. You can only play or beat what's in front of you. That's what Toronto did. Coach, what are your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors? Well, I, I think they earned it. They're the champs. I don't believe in any asterisk on anything. That, that The bottom line is everybody plays hurt. There's injuries that happen. You fight through them. Some guys can go, some can't. I mean, they're flat out the champs. The thing that I will take away more than anything else from this season with them winning it is they're the first team in the history of the NBA to ever win a title without having a single lottery player on their team. <clears throat> the, the top guy on their draft uh, that was drafted was Kawhi at 15 by the Spurs, which was just outside the lottery. So uh, to, to take a team of, you know, 
people that weren't respected or were actually disrespected in some cases, like Marcus Gasol, who was a late second round, mid second round pick on down the line, I think is just phenomenal. And it was great for the country of Canada that, you know, resurgence of basketball there. It was good for the league. I know that the ratings and everything here weren't as great because everybody, you know, the U S wants, you know, the big market, LA and New York and, and, and all that kind of stuff and everything and, and Boston. But I thought it was wonderful for the league. It, it shows that, you know, <clears throat> if you make the right moves as a general manager, you put the right guys out on the floor, you get a, a damn good coach to coach him that anything's possible. So I thought it was awesome. Now, you know, as far as the Kawhi thing, you know, he's the most bizarre guy that I know that I've seen play in the NBA. He's just an anomaly. But if anybody tells you they know what he's doing, they're lying because no one knows. But my gut, my guess is he, he leaves. I think, I, you know, I just I don't feel like you said that he owes Toronto anything else. I think he's not really, you know, that wasn't where he wanted to be initially. And I think he's got family and such in California. So I, I think that uh, I think that in my opinion he'll leave and they'll they'll have and I do think also that uh, the general manager might take the, the job at the Wizards. So Toronto may be in a, a huge from champion to immediate rebuild uh, right off the bat. So it's going to be uh, a little shell shock for the Toronto fans, but you know they're going to they're going to have to probably start uh, somewhat from scratch in my opinion. Man. Uh, that is just mind-boggling, Coach, that a team could possibly go from winning a title to a complete rebuild, which, Coach, I agree with you. If Kawhi Leonard walks out the door, I think they will just blow it up and just go for a complete rebuild. I've never seen anything like that, Coach. Uh, I'm a little torn on what Kawhi's going to do. I see him possibly leaving because he's just... Uh, any... You, any other guy would stay, right? The city there, or the whole country there has embraced them. The whole Kawhi and Dine um, free stuff that he gets. They just won a title. Every It's just like, how could he not stay? But Kawhi is so different. I don't know if that matters to him. So I don't know, coach. I'm so torn up on it, man. I guess if I had to bet, like gun to my head, I have to make a bet. I guess I'm betting on him leaving, which is just so crazy to think about. And uh, it's it's just mind-boggling, Coach. I just can't wrap my head around it. But, um, Coach. You had guys that just overperformed, too. I don't think Lowry could play any better. Van Vliet out of absolutely nowhere was phenomenal. You know, I think, you know, building around Pascal Siakam is a good Plan. I think he he could be an all star for sure, but I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy to see. I don't think they're still celebrating throwing back uh, loggers up there in uh, in Toronto. I don't think they really care at this point. They got their <laughs> championship. Yeah, I agree. And um, you know, I one of the things I wanted to touch on actually two things before we get out of here. I wanted to touch on that from a fantasy standpoint. Really tough to do since we just talked about how. If Kawhi leaves, which both you and I believe he possibly will, that this team's going to blow it up. So we don't even know what this team could look like next season. But, Coach, 
let's say Kawhi stays. From what I'm hearing, they can pretty much bring everybody back. I know there's some guys they need to re-sign, or there's some things salary-wise, cap-wise, they may have to work out. But from what I'm hearing, if need be, they could bring pretty much this same team back intact. Maybe one or two small pieces change. So from a fantasy standpoint, we know Lowry's a top guy. Kawhi is a top first-round type guy. Um, Marcus Saul, we kind of him, we saw him take a step back. Serge Ibaka hasn't been the same guy he's been. Um, you know, Danny Green's a little inconsistent. What are your thoughts on those like second-tier guys? Oh, you know what? I'm forgetting a guy who I should not be forgetting. Pascal Siakam breakout season we're gonna likely be drafting this guy not in the first round but you know maybe in that third round range maybe even at the end of the second round that's how good he was so what are your thoughts on this team real quick from a fantasy standpoint well this will be and i know i usually go on and on but this will be the sort of the quickest wrap up i've <laughs> ever done on a team but first of all i you know Kawhi, i think arguably may be the best all-around player in basketball period bar none but I don't want Kawhi in the first round. I'm, I'm such in fear of the load management thing all the time. Uh, it just devastates your fantasy team when he sits, you know, 25, 30% of the games. So that, plus I don't think he's going to be there. So the rest of it, you know, I don't think, I'm not a, a Kyle Lowry uh, stats guy fan. So I'm not, I don't think he's your best player. All the other guys are playing roles. How much is Van Vliet going to play? Is Ibaka and Gasol going to split? Now, if Kawhi leaves, I, I go after Pascal Siakam in the second round because I think he would be featured, and I think his usage would blow through the roof. I think he'd make the all-star team next year. Uh, and so I, I would, I'm very high on him. I can't say there's another guy on that team – uh, you know, that I would draft if my draft was tomorrow, which is bizarre to say because they're the champs. But, you know, I think that's the reality of it. I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't even realize what a boost it would be for Pascal Siakam if they blow this up, if Kawhi Leonard leaves. I agree with you 100%, man. His stock would take a dramatic boost uh in that situation. So keep an eye on that in the off season. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah, really, it's just, man, I, this off season free agency is going to be crazy coach. Uh, what are still the Lakers are what, what can they add another superstar to what they're doing? There's so many question marks. I can't wait to get more to get into this more with you coach. Um, man, We've gone almost an hour, Coach. I, I really wanted to do more draft stuff with you. We just don't have enough time, Coach. We could, I could, I think I could talk to you literally, I'm not joking, three hours about the draft and what's going on in the NBA right now. But we got to get out of here, Coach. Uh, where can everyone reach you at? Well, two things I want to mention. One, next Sunday night rather than Friday, I believe we're going to do our podcast so that we can be right up to date on all of the free agents uh, movement because that's the deadline there. Uh, so, you know, tune in for that. Keep an eye out uh, on hoopball, hoop-ball.com, you know, and Twitter. Uh, my Mine is at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And I will be posting some updates on that free agent special 
uh, next Sunday. And then the following week, we'll hopefully do the in-person uh, at the actual NBA Summer Leagues in Vegas and then start wrapping things up from there. So things are just flying, man. It's it's going to be fun. Enjoy your trip, brother. Don't get eaten by the bear. Uh, I was joking about the bacon and peanut butter just in case. <laughs> I want you there next Sunday so we can do our show, brother. I will be there. Uh, I'm looking forward to unplugging a little bit. You know, I'm just like glued to my computer and phone constantly. So it's kind of nice just to take three or four days just to completely unplug everything, just be out in nature, enjoy the lake. Coach, I'm going to do some fishing. I'm going to drink some beers. It's going to be recharge. Coach, I'm going to come back on Sunday with even more energy. So be ready. So be ready for me, Coach. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Adrian Benjamins. Thank you guys so much. We will see you Sunday. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.